Welcome to a podcast where dreams come true. Welcome to the Geek Centric Podcast. My name is Kev, and I'll be your skipper today as we navigate all of the exciting news and reveals from day three of the D23 Expo, emanating down the road from Disneyland in Anaheim, California. Today's big event was called A Boundless Future, Parks, Experiences, and Products, and featured more announcements than there are grim-grinning ghosts in the Haunted Mansion. So I think I should introduce my castmates for the show so we can get started right away. When people listen to us, they'll never think, these guys bore us. We wax poetic about all things geeky like we're singing a fine chorus. We always deliver because we stick to our plans. We own the main streets of the Geekiverse like a pack of dapper Dans. Darcy and Nate, thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, do we have our passports ready uh, to travel around the world? I got my keys to the kingdom, dude. I'm ready to go. Beautiful. I, uh, I can't wait to... to you know, travel down Main Street with all of you today. Yeah, I'm on board for it too, and I, I so much to talk about. There's a uh, lot. Yeah, I was I was kind of surprised uh, by just how much uh, they have. Pl- this feels like the most news I've ever heard about the parks all at one time. I think the next three to four years, it's like, geez, if I go to this park and you know, in 2023, I have to go back in 2025 now to see all these new things. And all of the parks just seem like they're going to be undergoing huge changes. It's really exciting because for a while there, it almost felt like they were taking a step back from from making huge changes. And especially after the pandemic, they, they axed a lot of projects that they had announced. But this sort of went, mm-hmm. nope, we're back and we're going full steam ahead. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I'm... I, like you said, I can't wait to go back 2023, 2025, uh, 2035, 2055. <laughs> like, it sounds like we got some stuff that's uh, going pretty far into the future, but obviously we'll get to that. Yeah, totally. I feel like we'll be seeing a lot of those uh, for your refurbishment signs everywhere or walls. They'll be a commonplace staple throughout for the next 20 years. I'm going to get one I'm get one of those tattooed somewhere on my body. <laughs> just, just, you know, it'll last just as long. <laughs> Ooh, I, I, but but you'll never be able to get to to do the full reveal for that. It's almost a tease. No, it, it, I think eventually what I'll do is I'll it'll be there, and then I'll start slowly tattooing over it. Right? <laughs> oh my, that's mag- That's a, a magical on its own. I love it. Uh, but as I mentioned, we have just a ton to cover, and uh, you know it's taking us all over the world. And I don't just mean Disney World; I mean the entire globe. Uh, as announcements were made. Oh, so for- Epcot. You mean Epcot? Oh, no, there we go. There we go. Cheeky. Yeah. All right. Let's get the uh, the puns out of the way early here. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there were announcements made for the North American parks, the Europe park, uh, and the, the parks in Asia. Uh, so I'm asking everyone to grab your pixie dust, get those oversized ears ready to flap, or hop on your magic carpet and join us as we explore a boundless future for all things Disney. The panel fittingly opened with a rendition of Happily Ever After by Jordan Fisher. Uh, We were then joined by Josh DiAmaro, chairman of Disney Parks, Experiences, and Products. 
uh, and he would be our master of ceremonies for today. Guys, before we, we get started on everything Josh shared with us, what did you think of uh, the job he did sort of taking us through? Um, you know, that, that can't be easy to be up there for an hour and a half and, and keep all of this news uh, organized, and, and I thought he did a terrific job. Yeah, I think he did a, a fantastic job. We've seen so many hosts over the weekend at D23 just straight up reading off a, a prompter and it, it you can you can tell and as as funny as they might be you know shout out to Raven my girl but like even at times it was just like ah oh, I just really don't believe anything you're saying right now and with Josh tomorrow there were a few moments where you could tell he was reading off a prompter because he like looked over but for the most part you could tell that this guy's been doing this for such a long time it's coming from the heart he seems like an authentically nice guy and he talked about you know wanting to meet with with everyone in the crowd and and how he meets with guests all the times and there's videos of him walking around the parks I'm pretty sure last time when we were there for for your wedding Kevin I'm pretty sure I saw him walking around Batu at one point talking to someone so the guy the guy actually you know makes sure that he's he does his job uh and you know he's not just up in some ivory castle you know wearing his Mickey gloves like he's legit getting down and dirty and and chatting with people making sure they're having a magical visit so I, I really enjoyed uh what you know what we got from him today yeah, totally. He seems super down to earth and like, again, a fan as much as all of us are. And I feel like that might almost be the incentive for him to to be so dedicated to his job is that he gets sneak peeks and all the tidbits on these in incredible things that are coming down the pipeline and gets to decide, like, are those going to be fun for everyone else to enjoy? And I think that's incredible. So I'm jealous of him, to say the least. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously... This is a business, and, and it is about making money, but it's also about creating that magic and those experiences. And so it is important when somebody in this position is a fan first and you know and and loves to be right in the heart of it and experiencing it and and knows what these attractions mean to people and and we saw throughout the show today him testing out various rides and and locales uh and so yeah it does it did ring really authentic his enthusiasm and excitement for the different projects uh and so he started off by sharing the news that the the song Happily Ever After and the show that it's from, the uh, Nighttime Spectacular, would be returning to the Magic Kingdom at the end of March 2023 when the 50th anniversary celebrations conclude. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I know uh, personally I really enjoy the show, and uh, I'm sure they'll tweak it ever so slightly. They're always adding a little something to it. But, yeah, it'll be great to see that show back, uh, you know, the middle of next year. Happily Ever After is a bop, dude. Like, it is... It gets you so hyped up, and uh, and I was just I dude I wanted to like I was tearing up. I was thinking back to like just staring at that castle with that music playing, and yeah, man, that's it's such a wonderful track just on its own. Um, but to see it back with the uh, with the nighttime spectacular, it's gonna be it's gonna be really dope. Yeah, hundred percent. I know our our mom's favorite show was Happily Ever After, so I'm sure she'll be glad to see it. You know, an updated version of it coming back to the place she loves so much. So I'm I'm stoked to see her enjoy it, and I'm stoked to enjoy it myself all over again. And now, uh, obviously, that'll be returning uh, after the fiftieth celebration, fiftieth uh, anniversary celebrations conclude. As I mentioned, speaking of anniversaries, the next year or so is just an absolutely crazy time. I I would have never known this, uh, but in terms of celebrations around the world, we've got Epcot just a few weeks away from its 40th anniversary. Jeez. Disneyland Paris is, is celebrating its 30th anniversary until September of next year. Uh, and so 
you know, for those of us doing a little traveling to the Disney locales next year, we're going to be able to see the 50th anniversary at the Magic Kingdom. We're going to be able to see the 40th anniversary at Epcot. And we're going to be able to see that 30th anniversary at Disneyland Paris. Uh, I'm super excited to see what they have uh, planned and, and going on for all those events. Well, he, he mentioned uh, the this new show, new stage show uh, for the 30th anniversary that I'm I'm really excited for with uh, Pixar, We Belong Together. And so, you know, it's not often I, I don't I can't remember too many stage shows necessarily uh, that involve Pixar characters. And they showed us some concept art with uh, Monsters, Inc. But I'm uh, my assumption is that we're going to get all the Pixar characters together. And so to see a story that would weave through that, even if it's just for, you know, an hour long show would be would be really, really fun. So. Um, I am really looking forward to that. I have to brush up on my French because I'm sure they'll all be speaking French. But when we're there uh, in in April of next year, I hope we get to we get to see it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. And also the fact that they have that drone show and just the one shot that was clearly video footage of the drones hovering behind the castle, making it look like Mickey ears. Oh, also just being a three O. Awesome. I cannot wait to see what stuff they can pull off and, and knowing Disneyland Paris and its layout, I feel like you'll be able to get a pretty good view of it because they have a nice wide, you know, opening street at, in their uh, Magic Kingdom equivalent park. Uh, yeah, that's that's going to be wicked. And it's so neat that they're able to do individual touches to all the shows at each uh, park. Speaking of which, Tokyo Disney Sea is about to turn 20, while Tokyo Disney is almost 40 years old itself. So lots of celebrations going on there. Those are parks that uh, I would love to get to at some point. I don't have uh, any plans uh, in the nearby future, but uh, maybe when my little daughter has grown up a little, we can uh, go and explore that together. Uh, And finally, Disney Imagineering is celebrating 70 magical innovative years as well so it's just a time for celebrating um uh all over the world uh so now to really kick off the show we traveled just a ways down the road from the convention center to the uh disneyland park itself and galaxy's edge where a familiar disney legend joined the stage mr john favreau himself uh he announced that new characters would be seen walking around galaxy's edge including Cue the badass music, uh, and out came the Mandalorian, who whipped open his cape to show his little buddy Grogu. Uh, what did we think of this uh, presentation, Kevin? I gotta ask: Does that does the imagery of uh, of of Daddy Mando hit you a little bit differently now? Like, I'm wondering: Are you planning on the cosplay? When are we gonna see it? When are we gonna see little Robbie in the little sack with the ears and the green paint? Like, when's it gonna happen, dude? I think I think that is definitely a Halloween costume that will just have to happen at some point. Uh, totally. We do have plans. We do have plans for this year that we're uh, excited about. Uh, that we'll we'll announce a little bit down the road. I'll, I'll pull sure. a Disney here, but uh, yeah, I could see that <laughs> happening for sure. But I just thought, wow, the the Grogu and the little knapsack thing looked amazing. That'll be awesome to see in person. I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they announced this at Celebration at the Parks panel that we attended. But seeing it in person and getting to hear those audio triggers that he'll be saying walking around the park, I think, really added to that. And like now I can really see how he's going to be walking around, what his goal will be, and how you can almost interact with him. Letting him know where where you can find that Trindoshan. That was dope! 
yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're like again galaxy's edge character acting with the, all the stormtroopers just having those little command buttons to hit and and hit, cue those iconic voices and sounds again having the this character come to the park is really exciting and it's intriguing that they're they're playing around with the timeline you know i i think it's kind of nice that we're getting this almost uh, multiversal effect at uh, galaxy's edge with all these different characters joining in and um, hearing him say Oga's Cantina was pretty dope. Um, and yeah, man, I think, I think that Grogu, the eyes look so expressive. The ears look, looked a little big on the one on stage compared to the press photos that we have, but, um, who knows, maybe it was just the angle we were looking at, but yeah, man, this thing, this looks fantastic and that's going to be really fun to, to kind of see if we can meet him one day. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely excited for that. Uh, and they just kept on. Going at, at at warps at light speed as we uh, then moved over to Avengers Campus, where another very familiar face joined us. I guess it's easy to get these guys when they're already there for so many different panels. But Mister Marvel himself, Kevin Feige, joined the stage. Um, he uh, had a little fun with the audience before being interrupted by Mark Ruffalo, who phoned yeah. in to say that Avengers Campus could use a little color, maybe yeah. green. Suddenly, this blew me away. Suddenly, Hulk, uh, in a quantum suit, came onto the stage. This looked amazing. Looked crazy. Looked huge, for sure. Uh, we were seeing some footage of the Disney Imagineers, uh, one of the booths at the actual convention, where they were utilizing 3D printing technology to create these giant fists. And people were speculating as soon as they saw those. They're like, okay, clearly the Hulk is coming. I don't think anyone expected it to be this soon. Um, but it's it's interesting. I think the the quantum suit is an intriguing idea to to hide the face yes uh, that's of, definitely of him so that he <laughs> so that he does and it was like and also his walk is like they they might they might need to work on that a little bit it does look a little stiff um but i totally thought when ruffalo popped in i was like oh ruffalo's going to spoil something right now like they're going to play <laughs> off of that yeah, uh, i mean the suit does look great in stills and stuff like that i think a photo would look awesome but you're right the moving does look a bit rough and i think the fact that they said that it's only for a short time this is very much a test run of what characters like this could be because i mean we've seen sully and the fur can hide a lot yeah. of stuff he's not a human face so this is almost the next step towards getting a, a like an, a more actualized hulk in the park so I, again, great first step, and I, it'd be cool to if we could run into him while we're over at the uh, European Avengers campus, potentially. But uh, Josh tomorrow uh, had a really great sort of in-reference. Uh, there was like a double reference that happened, and I was so happy about it, where he tells, uh, he's like, Hulk, just try not to smash up the campus, okay? Because we've been working on it, and I don't know if you saw, but that, you know, Spider-Man, and then he, like, slaps his hands together, referencing the video <laughs> that's gone viral. We've been having some difficulties with the Spider-Man animatronic. It's yeah. so good, and then it's it, how, how it's smashed into the, the section of the campus, uh, and then Kevin Feige pulls a Captain America quote and says, I understood that reference, and I was just like, dude, like, they they did that so <laughs> well, and that felt, like, so off the cuff. I think it was, um, but I, I don't know, man. Like, Kevin Feige is such a phenomenal presence on stage. Uh, I think that guy... He's a presenter. Like, I think a lot of people sort of when they think of the great presenters of our time, they look at Steve Jobs. I think Kevin Feige is right up there. That's um, a great show, man. He, right? He does not use a prompter at all. And this guy just 
he just gets you hyped with literally everything he says. And I'm sure some of it's scripted, some of it's stuff that he's practiced or what have you. But still, man, this guy, he knows he knows how to work a crowd, and he's awesome. I he, really t- he just lives it. He lives it and breathes yeah. it. And, and that enthusiasm is just so contagious. And and I think with the next announcement that he made, it, it really helped to just get hype with that because uh, we learned a little bit uh, about the newest attraction that will be coming to Avengers Campus. Uh, we were shown some concept art of King Thanos, uh, a new villain made specifically for the ride. They, uh, Kevin said he's a Thanos who actually won. Um, and then because it sent, the ride will center on the multiverse idea, it looks like we're going to be getting basically any and every hero and villain that, A, we know, we've already met, and then even some that we haven't met yet. They showed some concept art, and there are characters that we're just meeting now on shows on Disney+, Plus, shows that have been announced, uh, even as recently as uh, the Friday or Saturday night, I should say, panels, and then some that haven't been announced, but, it, you know, could they possibly uh, be coming in the future? It looked like it combined you know, live action with animation and, and just so many different styles. It was it was crazy to, to sort of dissect that picture. Yeah, what's the new uh, Spider-Man animated show that's going to be coming out? Isn't it Spider-Man freshman year? Freshman year. So yeah. that, that Spider-Man's there. We also have MCU Spider-Man, like Tom Holland. We also have, um, what's that, what, the, the what if... Uh, Stomper, Hydra, Hydra Stomper. Stomper, and then, but yeah. but then we also, and I, I I noticed I threw that in the Discord. I was like, dude, straight up Man Thing and Werewolf from Werewolf by Night are in this concept art. So clearly, you know, we were kind of speculating uh, on the previous podcast about that trailer and how you know maybe there's going to be something that trickles through into the rest of the MCU. I think this is a even though this is a multiversal, you know, uh, almost a what if scenario come to life in the parks. I still think that with the focus that these characters are getting in this artwork, that maybe they are going to be playing a bigger role in the MCU in general. So that's that's really intriguing. Uh, you know, it's also cool to think that, again, they've gone on record saying that the theme parks are a separate universe than the cinematic universe we're familiar with. They're the Marvel th- theme park universe. So this is just another window into the same multiverse we're seeing in uh, the cinematic universe. So some of these characters could very well be the ones from that cinematic universe actually interacting with our theme park universe, which I think, again, taking that to a whole nother metaversal level type thing, because you're in a park going to see this ride about a movie about a multiverse, and it's just so many layers. I love it. Also, the fact that we have two Captain Americas, we have two Hulks, including a She- and then a She-Hulk, so three if you count her. We also have uh, two Thors. Like it's We're getting every hero we could ever imagine. Wow. It's great. I didn't even recognize that there's two Hulks there. That's crazy. Yeah, like World War like, Hulk or like like Warrior Hulk and then Dumb Hulk. And, and then I guess we also have She-Hulk. But like, that's that's nuts. I didn't even see that. There was so much green in that area. I, I just glossed over it. <laughs> and I just wonder, you know, as, as much as we got a ton of announcements last night, was this a very, 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 very early sneak peek at what we might expect towards the end of Phase 6 with Secret Wars? I mean, who knows? But... Uh, yeah, the the this this looks like the you know much like you know these these Avengers movies are the biggest movies you could possibly imagine. This looks like it's going to be the biggest ride in terms of its cast that you could ever possibly imagine, and I'm super super stoked for it. Um, really quickly, we stay in Disneyland for just a couple more announcements as we learn that Pacific Wharf will be transformed into San Francisco, uh, celebrating the world of Big Hero Six. 
This transformation includes upgrades to eating and shopping, and as well, and this was the coolest part for me, just because of what we saw with the Hulk and uh, you know, uh, part, you know, uh, meet and greet attractions. We are going to get a chance in the future to meet Baymax. Let's go. I think the same person in the Hulk costume is probably going to teach the person who has to be in the Baymax costume how to move. <laughs> that it looked, would work a lot better for <laughs> would that work character. Perfectly. <laughs> um, I'm so stoked for San Francisco. I the most recent Baymax uh, show, which you should all watch. It's absolutely incredible, and if you like short form content, it is absolutely gorgeous. And I cried watching. It's great. Um, so it's on Disney Plus, but. I, the fact that they're bringing us back to San Francisco, they're putting such a huge, like this is a big deal. That makes me think that like beyond this short form series, we're getting a Big Hero 6 sequel at some point for sure. And just getting to meet Baymax and give him a hug and maybe he'll like light up and tell us, you know, what we're feeling or something like that <laughs> is going to be so much fun. Uh, this looks so phenomenal. The artwork looks incredible. I think my favorite, honestly, my favorite visuals of any time that I'm at any Disney theme park are at night. And I think this looks absolutely stellar. Yeah, I think it's a, a much needed update, too, because when we were there recently for celebration, that was the one area that we almost had no interest going to because it was just stereotypical, like, oh, this is a recreation of a pier city. And it's like, OK, I can go see a real one at that. It's not like it's taking me anywhere in this uh, in this Disney universe. So now that we're getting this update... I'm 100% on board. Can't wait to go visit again. 100%. And then, you know, just speaking of giving necessary upgrades to sort of make them feel more Disney, to, to give us a connection based on characters and movies that we love, uh, the Paradise Pier Hotel is going to be transformed into the Pixar Place Hotel, acting as almost a, an art gallery to celebrate all of the Pixar, Pixar characters and worlds, I think. I think this is going to go over uh, really, really well as well. And having recently just gone to Lamplight Lounge for the first time, uh, if this is anything like Lamplight Lounge, but bigger and broader and I guess more fleshed out, I am so stoked for this. I know they've kind of got the water park that does look a little bit more for kids, but if if we're going to get sort of the the halls filled with concept art and models that are made by Pixar, you know, stuff that you usually see in books or documentaries live in front of you. It's so tangible. Like I, I love that stuff. And it was, it's it honestly, in a, in a really weird way, it relaxed me when I was walking through there at night, like the restaurant was kind of closing and everything like that. And I was just slowly jauntily looking through as if I was in an art museum dedicated to Pixar. And so if that's kind of what we get with this, that would be awesome. Yes, I remember waiting quite a while after dinner for you. That's to true. Out. It took forever. I mean, it's it's kind of like you know the the uh, rock and uh, rock and roll cafe or the Hard Rock Cafe and Planet Hollywood idea, but with you know Disney, uh, you know, into being injected into that, and, and I'm all for that. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we also got a few attraction announcements for Disneyland that includes uh, the Toontown area being upgraded with the addition of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway after the success of the attraction at Hollywood Studios and Disney World. Uh, and then we moved into what I thought for me was going to be the highlight of the uh, the panel today. But I, I have to admit I was a little disappointed um, mm -hmm. and we'll discuss why. Uh, we talked about uh, upgrades that are happening both to Disneyland and Disney World, and that is, of course, to Splash Mountain, which is being transformed into t uh, Tiana's Bayou Adventure. The Imagineer team responsible for the ride shared that the ride takes place after the events of the movie. 
Uh, Tiana is ready for a big celebration, but needs to find a special ingredient in the bayou and will be helped by uh, some familiar friends as members of the original cast are returning to lend their voice talents. They sort of briefly described how they'll be using fog and lights uh, in brand new innovative ways to enhance the attraction. And so everything they were talking about is obviously amazing. I'm so excited to see how they they uh, infuse that rich New Orleans culture into this attraction in the surrounding areas. I just think everything they talked about today is kind of what we already knew going in. I was really hoping to see something new, to see some sort of sneak peek. Um, and, you know, I guess the fact that it's not opening till late 2024, I think they said, maybe that's why there isn't anything to see. They're just not there yet. But I have to admit, after the little sneak peek that we got of a, an image of like a diorama on Friday, I thought, oh, they're saving the big stuff for Sunday. And I was a little let down. Again, they did show, though, the concept art from day to night. And it reminded it me a lot of beautiful. this. Right? It looks gorgeous. It looks kind of like similar to the feelings that I would get walking through Pandora and Animal Kingdom. And I think for that section of the park, that's a much needed sort of out of color because, you know, it's it's mostly just dim yellows in that area of the park at night um, with the lights, you know, kind of in the, the sort of, I guess it's like the Old West theme or whatever that place is called, the Frontier. Um, so to have this sort of in you know pop of purples and greens i think is going to look really great i will say yeah dude i'm a little disappointed late 2024 i mean that literally could mean 2025 um to mid 2025 as the earliest that people are actually going to be able to get to do this um but a love letter to new orleans i think that's such a gorgeous way to theme it it looks like they're really paying attention to bringing that culture uh into the ride and they 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 really talked a lot about that and i love that disney's always doing that with their imagineers um, I will say Eudora's Chic Boutique, which is a Tiana-inspired store, will be opening later this year. So that's Tiana's mom's place uh, that's going to be opening up later this year. So, hey, at least we'll have that to kind of satiate us for, <laughs> for a little while. And, and Disney always does that, right? They always sort of have that one sort of location that they, they're like, hey, but at least we have this for the next three or four years so you can just <laughs> think about it for three or four years. But anyways, I digress. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to this as, as upset that I am that we have to wait so long. Yeah, I mean, I feel like all they'd have right now at this point would be concept art stuff because they just finished the big refurbishment uh, of the Splash Mountain in uh, Magic Kingdom. And so that was already just touching up an already faded and dated uh, thing. So I feel like, Hopefully that will uh, mean that they don't have to do so much maintenance work going into the the uh, you know makeover, and maybe it's more just an aesthetic thing that they'll be addressing, and that hopefully that again this most recent closure is just to get all those iron iron out all those ride issues that they were having. And I mean they probably already have all the voice work recorded. Uh, they've got Bruno Campos coming back as Naveen, Michael Leon Woolley as Louie, which is dope that they got Louie. Jennifer Lewis as Mama Odie, which is probably my favorite addition. Uh, and of course, Anika Noni Rose as Tiana uh, is going to be involved. So it's always nice when they can have those original voice actors come in and, and, and play a part. Uh, you know, I, it's Disney, so I wouldn't expect any less. 
Yeah, gotta say, I was disappointed to hear that it was set after the events of the movie because I was really hoping that Ray could be our narrator along this journey. But now I'm hoping that at the end, when you're going back to you know offload, you'll see a night sky and maybe you'll he'll be the one asking you to come again from the stars. I could because that would be a really cool that. way to to yeah. nod towards that. Because I mean, when they didn't say Jim Cummings, I was upset. <laughs> yeah, it's, but maybe they're keeping it as a surprise. And we've talked about uh, you know uh, thoughts on what they could do for the ride. Uh, when they first announced it, and I even said maybe that's how they uh, utilize the drop is that you're going up to visit Ray, you know, oh. you know to say hello to him, and so I that's like that sort too. of where we get him that's towards really the the big drop. I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, so to cl- sort of close off this part of the show, we got live performances of Almost There and Dig a Little Deeper, and that was almost a to bring the crowd back up after you know not giving them anything exciting, but it also just really showed what that that land is going to feel like when you're there you're going to just be hopping and skipping down the street just with a, a a boogie in your step i think it's a party kevin i want you in a white suit with a cane walking with me and i'll i'll be i'll gladly wear the the big poofy pink dress and we'll just be dancing and bumping and and it'll be so much fun uh i will say it was so wonderful to hear the music uh, in this panel specifically. I think they actually finally figured out what was going on with the audio. You noticed uh, if if you if you watched it, there were moments where you could hear the audio cut out after the song ended, and then they brought back Josh Tomorrow's voice. So I think that with the other panels, they were coming off of maybe different microphones. But this one, the, the you know, it sounded great. Those songs are so fantastic. Um, I think Anika did an amazing job and. Honestly, this movie is so underrated. So to see it celebrated and honored in this way, I cannot wait for all of this. And uh, I'm just so stoked. I'm so excited. Um, And yeah, it makes me want to rewatch this movie again. 100%. And I think it's going to introduce it to a lot of not just younger audiences, but people our age and around there that just it just didn't for whatever reason hit. You know, it was it was a one last try at that classic animation style when they were really fully into this the CGI stuff. And so I just think this will be a great chance to highlight what is, like you said, just an underappreciated gem. Um, But uh, the the show then shifted focus uh, right over to Disney World exclusively. Uh, I'm going to save all the Magic Kingdom news for one big block towards the end because OMG. Uh, but again, <laughs> we'll we'll get there. Um, to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Epcot, we're going to be getting a new nighttime spectacular that they've promised. These are big. These are big hypes here. Uh, the promise will be Disney's best nighttime show yet. Wow. Uh, there's no word on whether uh, Harmonious, which is the show that debuted at the park pretty recently, uh, is going to return after this anniversary show or if this anniversary show is going to kind of take over. I mean, Epcot has just seen a plethora of nighttime shows in the last few years. Um, maybe they'll find one that'll stick for a little bit longer than a year or two. Uh, we'll have to see, but always excited to uh, to see a new nighttime show. Yeah. Again, I feel like with Harmonia specifically, that was a, a test for them to see what they could do with new, like, again, misprojection technology. Uh, they're doing that with World of Color at California Adventure Park and then trying to do it in World Showcase where they don't, they have to try and appeal to a 360 degree view. I think Harmonious was definitely their test to see what they could do and what's coming next will only be better. That's probably a really good call um, because then they they also talked about the, the huge changes and updates that are happening to the world cent, uh, world celebration neighborhood. I mean, Epcot has just been you know you talked about those 
under refurbishment walls. Half the park, it seems, Mm -hmm. has been under those for the last few years. And so I think they said by the end of 2023, this is going to be sort of completed, um, at least to a a, a pretty finalized stage. This will include a new statue called Walt the Dreamer. The statues are such a big deal for some people. And so getting to see a new one there of Walt overlooking his vision of Epcot is going to be really cool. Uh, there's also going to be a uh, an attraction, the Journey of Water, featuring Moana, which is an interactive walkthrough highlighting the importance of water. Uh, I think you know they 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 did something very very small, mind you, uh, outside of the Haunted Mansion in Disney World, where you could touch things and and hit buttons and sounds would happen and things would pop out and open. And I can just imagine what you know something eight to ten years later now focusing on the flow of water could really be, I think it could be a really cool experience. Yeah, it looks pretty, I mean, I'm looking at the concept art here and it looks, it looks pretty, um, it's, it's crazy to say it looks small because everything Disney is massive. And I'm sure this is a huge endeavor for a lot of folks who are putting a lot of work into it, but it, it does kind of just look like, cool, we're going to walk through it. It looks nice. And the water's going to jump around and different things like that. But, um, Anything Moana. I think Moana is another, honestly, un- underrated uh, sh- movie from from Disney, at least in comparison to the fact that we're getting 900 Frozen things, okay? That's that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'll get there. I will definitely yeah. get there. Yeah. And, I mean, there is big Moana news that uh, we'll, we'll touch on very, very shortly. Um, you know, closing things off at Epcot uh, was news that would certainly make six-year-old me very excited. Uh, the first time in decades... Parkgoers are going to have a chance to meet Figment himself. Uh, again, seeing what they're doing with these characters, uh, I cannot imagine what they have planned for this character. I imagine, like, I, I could almost see him being almost stationary in a sort of pavilion of his own that you sort of visit, and they could really make that something cool. I'm just, I'm really excited to see what they have because as a kid, for whatever reason, I mean, the Figment attraction, I can't remember what it's called now. Journey into imagination. Journey into imagination. I don't. I don't think it was all that spectacular. But as a kid, I loved it. I loved Figment. I had this little stuffed animal of him that I had for years, uh, and so yeah, I'm excited for this one too. Having recently ridden Journey into Imagination, because me and Mom and whoever we were with, we we're like, when was the last time we rode this? It's been forever. We quickly remembered why it's been so long since we hadn't rode it because that it, that ride did not age well. But I gotta say, I am excited to meet the guy again. The character greet meet and greets are always really cool. And if this if this is more like the uh, like a Mister Potato Head or Buzz in uh, Space Ranger Spin style thing where he is stationary, it's going to be very quick and easy to go up and, and again get that interaction and a quick pick. So I think I'm really excited. It's going to be cool. Hundred percent. And now they they had a little Magic Kingdom news just a couple little sprinkles but again i've I've lumped that all together into one big section towards the end uh let's quickly set sail on the disney cruise lines uh now this isn't uh something that maybe piques everyone's interest but uh the hudson family were big cruisers uh we've been on five to ten cruises our, our parents have been on close to 20 probably at least 15 but uh i know darcy and myself we've been in, on almost 10 now we're platinum cruise line members we got our wow. our platinum lanyards and it's all you always walk around the ship a bit uh hoity-toity with those on <laughs> letting people know how many times you've been on um but uh yeah it's amazing they just had the maiden voyage of the disney wish in july and they're already announcing a sixth ship 
this time inspired by uh, the theme of adventure with Eastern and African cultures mixed in. The ship will be called Disney Treasure, uh, and it looks... It's really exciting because it looks so much different than the the five ships that they that we've already seen. For sure, I'm I'm stoked for it. I mean, you mentioned how much we love our cruises, and it's, we can thank our cruises or, or the first cruise we went on, I, I should say, for uh, them convincing our parents to finally buy DVC on that trip. And because of that, we've been able to go back and enjoy all these trips to Disney. And again, the fact that they are still coming out with new ships and like seemingly new things on these ships despite already groundbreaking with the last one i like i can't wait to see what we get on this one especially with the teases we got during that uh the name reveal with the characters through the portholes yeah yeah no that was really really well done and then even bigger maybe than the idea of a sixth ship uh in addition uh to castaway key that will no longer be the only exclusive disney island uh, destination. They've announced a new island destination in the Bahamas called Lighthouse Point on the island of Aluthra, uh, and that's going to be filled with food and souvenir pavilions inspired by the local culture of nearby islands. Uh, I think that's going to be such a different experience to uh, the typical day that you would get on Castaway Key. I think it's going to have a very different vibe to it, and I think uh, this is just such a brilliant idea to bring new life into the cruises for people like ourselves who have been so many times. Yeah. And I think it's really cool too, that they mentioned the fact that 90% of the energy for this uh, new location is going to be solar based. So they, they are very cool. Even with these new projects, they're thinking forward and trying to be like, how can we, you know, adapt with the times and still provide for these masses. And again, the fact that 90% green is, is an awesome idea. And I can't wait to see it uh, come to fruition here. hundred percent. And now Nate, you've been quiet here and that's fine, but uh, you know, and we've been doing our Disney trips now, right? We've done, we've done Florida. We'll do Florida again. You and Darcy have now done Disneyland. We're planning our, our Disneyland Paris trip. We will get you and mom and dad on a cruise one of these days to oh, really dude, let's fill go. out our, our Disney passport uh, together. Uh, but speaking of a new adventure, a new trip, we're going to head over now to Shanghai Disney. Uh, and now this announcement has me wanting to go to this park big time. Uh, I think I recently talked about how Zootopia is probably my favorite animated Disney movie of the last maybe 10 years. Uh, and so to think that they're building this whole Zootopia land there, uh, is so exciting. We got a peek at an Officer Clawhauser animatronic that was just amazing. I don't know why, but the animatronics in the, the, the Asian parks just seem light years ahead of what we see in some of the North American parks. And this one was was no exception to that. Yeah, it looks good. It was uh it was interesting, you know, hearing him speak a different language, but it's uh it's fantastically the the level of detail and I think I think one of the, the best parts about it too for folks who live there and speak that language is that the characters' mouths, uh, it was mentioned, are going to all be, and all the animations are going to be linked based on the language that they're speaking, uh, which I think is super important. And, you know, nobody wants to see, uh, a, you know, a dubbed version in <laughs> in real life uh, when they're expecting to see these characters in real life. But I'm stoked for it. It looks like the concept art shows, like, a bunch of doors and windows as you go down the street. And I can only imagine that all of those doors and windows will have little characters, you know, whether they're on screens or they're little puppets or what have you, you know, popping out there and and saying hello or or making a noise or doing something silly. 
Yeah, for sure. And with my experience of being at least in the uh, Disneyland Paris park a few years ago, uh, while a lot of the rides are predominantly in in, their, in French or in Shanghai, I guess it would be Cantonese and stuff like that, uh, they do occasionally have English performances. Where oh. They will say the lines in English. And it, so it is appealing to all people because they are a worldwide attraction. Mm. So again, they want to have a bit of um, approach for, again, the wider speaking thing where all Disney movies are spoken in English. So they usually will at least have one or two moments where they say an English line. So we could see Clawhauser speak English there still. Totally. I mean, Kevin, when you were saying that you were getting so excited and for like the most, you're like, this is my most anticipated thing from Shanghai Disney. I thought you were talking about Lena Bell um, because Lena Bell (laughs) is going to (laughs) be... coming and it's gonna be it's so exciting she's a crafty little fox and she's always searching for the next mystery i don't i gotta be honest with you and again it's 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 obviously something that's super popular there and that's awesome i personally don't get the the, what's the appeal with with duffy and his friends but um there is a six episode stop motion series coming to disney plus so i am you know, I'm intrigued to say the least to see if maybe yeah. that's uh, that turns me around. Maybe I'll, I'll be all in on the the Duffy. Stop motion's very near and dear to uh, our hearts here at Geek Centric, and so yeah, mm-hmm. maybe I was I was thinking the exact same thing. Maybe that Disney Plus show is what what gets us all to be Duffy fans. You know, we'll, we're huge. We'll, yeah, we'll be... we're gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be huge, dude. The the DCU is that's good. That's the real DCU <laughs> that we want. Forget about it, Warner Bros. Give us the Duffy Cinematic Universe. Disney. Amazing. <laughs> Uh, now, in addition to uh, the Zootopia Land, we're going to be getting at that various Disney parks three Arendelle themed lands. Uh, they'll be added to Hong Kong Disney, uh, which will include a Frozen themed coaster opening at the end of 2023. Uh, an Arendelle Land will also be added to Disneyland Paris, which will also receive a new Tangled attraction in the same vicinity. Uh, and then speaking of Disneyland Paris, the Disneyland Park Hotel is getting a royal makeover by 2024. So lots going on at those parks. And then finally, Tokyo Disney is also getting a frozen makeover. Uh, and then this was celebrated by a Cantonese, Japanese, and French version oh of Into the Unknown, which was really, really cool. Dude, it was that, that it was jaw-dropping. Like, like legitimately, I was like... I hope they have, because again, I said the audio sounded better. It didn't sound perfect, um, like the way the audio was done. Their voices sounded perfect. But I I kind of really hope there's a better recorded version of this uh, that they're planning on releasing. Because honestly, it was like spectacular. It was gorgeous. so freaking gorgeous. And it was one of those moments where I was like, Wait, do I actually like this song now? <laughs> like, I think I actually like it now that the you know they they did it this way. It was it was beautiful. I yeah. Again, me and you were ta- me and you were talking off air about how much this is the the best version of the song. Considering I didn't like it before, and now I really do. And I think it really goes to show like they're driving home with this the the different cultures and different languages. Because even in some of these nighttime spectaculars, they're switching through these classic Disney songs in different languages. And I that's when I find to really enjoy it, and it really shows how wide reaching Disney is. And I just again the fact that they they want to do that and share that with the world is incredible. Totally. Absolutely. And then uh, we got one more piece of of uh, news coming from the international parks, at least the ones overseas, uh, and that'll be that Tokyo Disney is getting an amazing-looking Space Mountain um, uh, attraction to transform the Tomorrowland Plaza in Tokyo Disney. This looked really, really cool as well. 
But uh, I think it's time to head back to Disney World uh, and get a presentation from the Blue Sky team because uh, they had some some groundbreaking stuff here to announce for the Disney World parks. Uh, again, two members of the team took the stage uh, and started by talking about Dino Land USA. I think uh, for anybody who's visited Dino Land USA at the uh, <laughs> Animal Kingdom Park, I think we'll all admit uh, it's it was time to uh, dig up that old fossil and uh, and do something new there. Not gonna lie, when I was a little kid, though, first time the first time I was ever in Animal Kingdom, Dino Land was hype for me. That was the moment, and getting to see you know uh, the statue, the dinosaur movie had just come out, and like that attraction was brand new with the Carnotaurus chasing you. Terrifying ride. Incredible Terrifying ride. ride. It, was, I, I, it was very much a scary ride back I in the day. I loved it so much, even as a little kid. So like a little a little bit sad that uh, that it's kind of going to be kind of, um, you know, dug up and rolled over, but um, hopefully they keep uh, something uh, in there that kind of honors the original. But dude. Yeah, I, I think I think know. I think that'll be nice. But like, no, for me, Dino Land USA, it I know it's for kids, but everything, even the stuff that is for the youngest people at the parks, it still has something for everyone. And that one, it just felt too small for Disney, yeah. a Disney park. It felt more like a carnival or a fair and with little look at games it, yeah, and the, attractions. The, and they, they don't, none of it really looks, besides the movie Dinosaur, which is a Disney movie, everything else kind of just like, I don't know if this is Disney. Is this Disney? Did they rent this out? Did they rent the space out to another company? Like, what is this? It doesn't look of the caliber. So I totally understand that. Yeah, and and I mean, I think you know, even though you know, um, the, the the world of Pandora really did help to sort of bring something big and and massive to that park. Animal Kingdom is still in need of something to to really draw people there, uh, and I think the the concepts that they have to to go in place of dino land usa is going to be gangbusters uh they tease that we're going to see zootopia and moana inspired lands and attractions and oh man that we only saw one piece of concept art but it's it's going to change the entire dynamic of that park i think it's going to it's going to make uh, Animal Kingdom, not just a park you visit maybe every two or three trips. It's going to be an every time you go sort of thing, I think, once these these lands become uh, a reality. I'm intrigued to see what the balance is going to be, though, uh, between, you know, animals at Animal Kingdom and their, you know, the not like the, the Zootopia fake animals at Animal Kingdom. Right. And um, I, I love whenever they do find an opportunity. I think Moana and, and Zootopia are the perfect properties to to bring and highlight, uh, you know, the natural beauty of the world and, and bring in some of these different animals. And I could totally see them, you know, having a Judy Hop sort of area. But then there's also actual bunnies all over the place from I don't know different international bunnies whatever they want to do but um but I could I I think it'll be yeah as I said it'll be interesting to see what they do in terms of balancing that because going to somewhere like Pandora as gorgeous as it is there's no animals right and so I'm intrigued to see where you know how they're going to sort of uh work that out and if it's going to maybe if they're going to divert a little bit away from that or if they're going to maybe bring it in stronger I wouldn't be surprised if they divert more away from it. I feel like with the like announcement of Moana being a potential thing and having Pandora already there, maybe it's not so much about the animals you're seeing there. It's maybe more about getting in touch with our 
our animalistic nature or just in nature itself because that's where we all started so we can all go back there and relate to nature being beautiful mm. and and maybe a, an appreciation for the environments that these animals live in and sort of getting back connecting to that and and learning about how we can preserve and protect these these resources and everything going forward uh, yeah, I mean, again, there was very, very little said about this. Um, so it was very much a sneak, sneak, sneak preview, but I'm excited for for years coming forward. Maybe if we go to the D23 in 2024, maybe they'll have some big announcements and, and dates and everything for those, for those expansions uh, at that time. Um, but uh, let's head on over now to Magic Kingdom for what were the biggest announcements of the day for myself. Um, I'm a massive Haunted Mansion fan. That ride is my jam, and uh, the the celebrated the 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 thing of legend, if you will, in a lot of ways. The Hatbox Ghost will finally be appearing at the Disney World Magic Kingdom Haunted Mansion. Uh, you know, it only took them what 50 years to figure out how to do it, but we're here, and I can't wait to see him uh, when he does finally make his appearance. Yeah, I just I remember when we got to see him uh, in in Anaheim at Disneyland because he was recently installed there. Finally, after the ironing out all those kinks and seeing it in person, it really makes you appreciate the 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 ideas that they had when they first opened that ride and how far how how far forward they were thinking in terms of what they wanted to achieve. It's really it's a really cool effect, and I can't wait to see it again. <laughs> Speaking of uh, really cool effects, it looks like the Tron light cycle will uh, feature just that. And uh, Josh showed some footage footage of him uh, on the ride. And again, we really haven't seen much of what the ride's going to be other than the, the launch point and, and coming back into the, the terminal there. But uh, the, the look on the, the faces of those who got to ride it says it all. I think this ride is going to be absolutely uh, exhilarating, and that opens in spring 2023. Yeah, I'm really excited for this one. Obviously, we've been seeing it, uh, <clears throat> you know, in construction for the longest time. Uh, but I'm I'm stoked, man. And I will say, you know, Darcy, you called out being jealous of uh, of of Josh, and <laughs> I, I'm totally. This was that. Moment. This was that moment. Was yeah, that moment. seeing him in his <laughs> smile, and he's just screaming on that ride. I think though, with this one. This is going to be another one of those rides where it's like, oh, it's great in the day. You have to go at night, though. At night, when you're flying through the sky and there's that one moment where it opens up and you see the rest of Tomorrowland is going to be unreal. And, that, and those bright blue neon lights will just pop at night, I think. Yeah, you're absolutely right there. Um, now, across the park from Tron and Tomorrowland is uh, what they're calling... The biggest expansion to the Magic Kingdom since New oh. Fantasyland. I had never heard a single peep about this. Uh, so this was all just brand spanking new news to me. And I love how they, they set this all up. The idea of, you know, you've, you've seen the spires of Big Thunder Mountain. But what is beyond those spires? And what they have planned is just absolutely awesome. Uh, I think the popularity of the movies they're going to be celebrating there are just they're just they're so enormously popular with with fans young and old and so we're going to be able to travel to Santa Ciela, Mexico for the Días de la Muerte celebration. Uh, we'll get to we'll get to find out what it's like to fly El uh, Grie Grie 
I believe it is, uh, Into the Land of the Dead. Uh, that looks unbelievable. And I love the idea that, you know, they've, they can use specific paints and they can use specific, you know, techniques to create this land where during, again, I bring up the nighttime a lot, but during the day, it's going to look like Santa Celia, just a normal Mexican city. And then at night, they bring up the Dias de los Muertos, you know, the, all the, it's going to be painted differently. The lights are going to be bright. Everything's going to be colorful. I am so stoked for this. I remember seeing, we've gotten really minor glimpses of, of Coco existing in the park at Epcot. Um, so to see that they're going to expand this into a whole land, I'm, I'm so down, dude. I'm so excited. Yeah, especially with the fact that you said there's multiple things going into it and the popularity of them are, are very musical. I can see it going, like both areas are going to be a very vibrant and upbeat place to visit. Again, at night or even during the day, it's still going to be very fun and bustling. So I can't wait to see what they bring there. And and I think that news alone would have been unbelievable and exciting. But no, we're not stopping there. Uh, uh, you know, we, we, we make the joke every time we can, but I think a lot of people are going to be talking about Bruno. Yeah. Because for fans of Encanto, uh, in addition to uh, Santa Ciela, we'll also be able to visit the Madrigal Casa, uh, you know, Bruno's Tower. Uh, it sounds like they're going to bring that incredible house to life. Uh, I don't know what kind of attraction uh, they might have planned for that, um, but I think it all just fits in aesthetically, culturally so well. I think it's just going to be this beautiful, big, bustling land uh, with so much to explore. And I think the, you know, they I could totally see them doing something where, uh, and I know they had to stop this because people were getting injured, but the idea of when uh, when people would say, you know, Andy's here to the toys at Toy Story Land, and then they would all fall. I could totally see, you know, someone just being like, Bruno, and then all of them going, shh, like everyone has to shush <laughs> at the same time or something. Um, yeah, dude, I think this is huge for, for again, and, and I think we've noticed in the past decade so much more culture coming through in these movies. And so to see it not only represented in the films, but also at these lands is incredibly important. And I'm, I'm just, I cannot wait, dude. I, I think it's, that's such a perfect thing. If you're going to pick anything from Encanto, the house obviously is the main attraction. And so to see the doors lighten up and things popping up and, and staircases moving around is going to be really cool. Oh, it's going to be awesome. And so, once again, that's enough, right? That's that's good. That's going to be awesome. No, 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 no. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Uh, now this was again very, very early. They they don't they didn't really have much to announce uh, in terms of specifics at all. But you know, look even further beyond Big Thunder Mountain. And what is it? I I don't know what to call it. Is it a land of villains? Uh, I'm not sure what's going on over there, but. Off in the background, we are going to get, you know, all of our favorite Disney villains up to no good in some sort of amazing land. I cannot wait to see what they have in store for this. I'm so excited. And like you said, we didn't get much, but in that concept art where they showed what's beyond with having uh, the Santa Celia and then the Casita off to the side, it looks like almost in the distance, there's like a looming castle or fortress that these villains are going to be, you know, residing in. And to, to, to see an evil Disney castle Dude, in a park, so I think is going to be really, really <laughs> cool. And so to see how they're going to explain that away, I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. Dude, and I think the 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 best part is and and I was it's funny because obviously a lot of stuff is going on with uh, 
with the Halloween celebrations at both uh, Disney World and Disneyland right now. And, you know, I've been seeing videos of people saying like, oh, we never get to see, you know, all these villains and all these characters except for those nights. So to have a land dedicated to them is phenomenal and i'm so excited for this um and and i think what an incredible contrast to to have that looming in the background and i could almost see them you know canonically even working that into the construction of this area where they open up these these sections maybe section by section right and then that being the last one to open up but always being in that background always just looming and and like they they get something put up really early so that you know with fog around it where we're just like oh eventually we're gonna hear sounds of thunder or something yeah and i mean Think of the possibility, like, I want Hades walking around. You could have some sort of maybe animatronic scar perched up on a ledge that you could maybe, you know, get a picture with or something. The the possibilities are endless, and I'm super stoked for that. Uh, They next went on to play a video tribute uh, to people just experiencing Disney parks for the first time. And I got to say this, you know, after the just rush of excitement I got from this announcement for Magic Kingdom, because... Like they said, we've never seen a transformation to that park quite like this. Uh, but then to see this, it got me all worked up. I'm so excited because I'll be able to have these moments now with my daughter coming oh. up at these parks. And I was just like, oh, man, I was getting goosebumps just starting to imagine it. I'm I'm just so excited that I get to share these parks with a new, a new little person in my life uh, with my family and friends. It's going to be awesome. Did the tears, did, did you get some tears they, coming out I of those? Was, I was almost welling up. And so I yeah. was sitting just off in the side of the room. Uh, we have some family over and I was sort of off, uh, you know, watching the presentation and writing notes and everything. And Sarah looked over at me and was like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine. It's fine. It's it's nothing. Don't worry about it. Uh, yeah. yeah that, no, that one, that one got me big time. So as much as I like to tease you, Nate, every once in a while, I can, I can be a big softy myself. There you go. Yeah, I teared up for sure, dude. Like, as soon as they show these little kids and they're like, wait, what? And they're waking up and they're all like rubbing their eyes. And then the parents are like, we're going to Disney. And they're like, we're going to Disney. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, man. I, I, uh, yeah, that definitely got me. And uh, and I thought it was really lovely. And they, they brought in, they, you know, they also brought in a bunch of, like, TikTok videos as well that were just sort of thrown in there. And uh, but it was it also as as sort of uh, messy as the video was, it felt so real and so grounded. So yeah, it, was, was, it was just like snippets of people's real life experiences, and that's what it's all about. Yeah. Um, and then, so to sort of close off, they 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 talked a little bit about how the Disney 100 celebration is beginning in January. So that's going to include food and drinks and merchandise that will be available at all the parks. Um, they talked about uh, the the fact that the heart of this celebration is going to be taking place in California with a uh, Magic Happens parade and two new nighttime spectaculars. Uh, and then we were treated to close the show. We were treated to a world premiere of its wondrous uh, uh, song. Uh, and I thought that was really, really nice. And, and at first I thought, okay, where is this going? And it just built into this huge crescendo that really does capture the magic of being at those parks. For sure. I think I love that he decided to go with like an indie folk genre because that sound, that that style of music has a way of just like worming its way into you and getting your foot tapping and, and really involved. So like I I would love to see what show and how they how they pair sites with that music. It's really exciting to think of what they could do. Yeah, with I it. can't wait for the Mumford and Sons cover of It's Wondrous, I think. Uh, <laughs> it definitely gave me those vibes. Um 
I, 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 I will say it, it's no happily ever after. I think it didn't quite hit that peak for me, but you're right, uh, Kevin. It, it, at first, I was kind of like, oh, this is super slow. How is this going to get people stoked and, and excited as the fireworks go off? But as the song does build up and up and up, and we get those drums coming in, I was like, yeah, and then okay, all cool, the you characters got me. are pouring on the stage yeah. from every aspect of Disney. Yeah, no, it, it, sort, of, it sort of captures it all. Yeah. Totally. Awesome. Well, uh, there was a lot to go through there, but I think we uh, we did our best to, to get through it quickly and efficiently. Um, so that will, in fact, wrap up our review for the amazing changes coming to the Disney parks in the years to come. Uh, we can't wait to see more details emerge about all these new lands and attractions. And uh, as always, we'll be here to share those with you as soon as we know more. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we'd love to know, what are you most excited about? What park that you haven't visited somewhere in the world would you love to travel to one day? Uh, let us know at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com, or if that's a bit too Splash Mountain for you, and you're ready to switch it up with Tiana's Bayou Adventure, Woo. hit us up on Twitter at GeekcentricYT, or on Instagram at WeAreGeekcentric. Keep in mind, we have a ton of episodes here on the podcast covering all things geeky, including our recent spoiler-free reviews of Disney's Pinocchio, as well as Disney and Pixar TV series Cars on the Road. Oh, sorry. Cars on the Road. <laughs> you said you said on Friday night that you were never going to hear that and not do the song, so I had, I had to give you an opportunity to. I got you. To, uh, I got you. <laughs> yeah, we got it. <laughs> Uh, we also posted our spoiler-free review for the Netflix series Cobra Kai Season 5. This is out now for you to check out wherever you listen to podcasts. And guys, we have a ton of interviews for you to enjoy as well, both on the podcast feeds and on YouTube. Nate sits down with Dan Whitney, a.k.a. Larry the Cable Guy, and he gets it done with the voice of Mater from Cars, from the Cars franchise as they chat about a Mater podcast. Uh, yeah. We also have an interview with compo the composing team from Pinocchio, Alan Silvestri and Glenn Ballard, who chat with Justin about working with Robert Zemeckis. And finally, Nat's, uh, Nate sat down with Zach Krieger, writer and director of Barbarian, where they chat about his latest horror movie in theaters now. Uh, I will never, ever in a million years see this movie, you but never from will. all I've heard, don't learn anything about it, go in fresh, go yep. see it with without knowing anything about it, and prepare to have your pants scared right off of you. Totally. Uh, we also have <laughs> our coverage. You know, we just covered the D23 Expo, but we also have our coverage of the Fan Expo Canada. It was our first time attending as press. Uh, the event was held in our hometown of Toronto. And uh, not only did we put out an episode recanting our adventures at the con on the podcast, but we also posted six interviews with artists, vendors, and creators who we met at the con. And all of those are videos which are available on the YouTube channel. Finally, we have our weekly watch club for She-Hulk happening. Our spoiler-filled discussions for the first four episodes are out now and will keep on coming for the weeks to come. Plus, we'll have a watch club starting towards the end of this month for... Andor, which I'm Woo. very, very excited about, so keep your eyes posted for that. Uh, so essentially, guys, there is just a boatload of stuff for you to check out, a little bit of something for everyone, so make sure to check it out. Give us a nice little rate and give us some love, subscribe, recommend us to all your family and friends, and uh, let's grow this geek-centric family. Uh, but uh, for now, that's everything. Guys, thanks for uh, joining us, and until next time, as we say... Here's to the next 100 years and the boundless future we'll create together. Love ya. Oh, beautiful.
<laughs> Laters. Get home safe, guys.